When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader. Giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. Well, 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 welcome into the show. You are on the MD's Fantasy Football Show. It's Thursday night, baby, which means it's time. For us, I know it's been a couple of weeks. You missed us. It's probably the first Thursday I missed of 2023. It was two Thursdays in a row, of course, but we are back. We just did our Operation Domination full preview episode yesterday. Make sure you go back and watch it on our YouTube channel. If you did not do so, subscribe to the channel and hit the little bell notification so that way you get notified whenever we have new content available to you. You can also up to date with the show when you're on the go by dialing us on your favorite podcast app because it's thursday it's injury inquiry time for week 14 we got a bunch of guys we got to talk about like trevor lawrence Ramondre stevenson justin jefferson coming back christian kirk all those things and much much more so without further ado let's get our next guest introduced and now the moment you've all been waiting for He's the number one medical professional in all of fantasy sports, Mr. Brian Scott! My man, limping ain't easy. When, where, how did you get that shirt? That's awesome. The Injured List Podcast. Love it. Merchandise. We need to, I'm sure, we, can we all buy this merchandise? That's my, my question. Absolutely, you can. If you go to DCL4 Graphics, I'll have it up on my uh, Twitter account. DC4L Custom Tees. Uh, they got, I'll put the links up on my Twitter account. You guys can check it out. Purchase your merch. That's just one version. We got a few others. Quality t- quality right. shirts too, by the way. Very nice. I mean, shirts. That, looks fa- that looks fantastic. I definitely yeah. want definitely want one of those shirts for sure. We got sure. a couple different versions. So check it out. Oh, very, very nice. There you go. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Merchandise. Better late than never. Bring it towards the end of the season. It's okay. You're a doctor. You're 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 on all <laughs> you year know. round. It's cool. We gotta it's, give it's them awesome. something to keep them occupied during the offseason. That's what that's all about. It's the Christmas gift. Make sure you guys tune back in next year. That's exactly (laughs) what that is for the Angelus podcast. (laughs) Make sure you guys give it a download, too, on your favorite podcast. That Brian is, he has a lot of great interviews on there, talking about a lot of different things outside the lines, and uh, really just a great podcast all in general. So Brian Scott, Angelus podcast, make sure you give it a follow and check it all out. Brian, so happy to have you back, man. I've been gone for a couple of weeks. I missed these conversations. It seems like it's been forever since I've been here. <laughs> it's crazy. It's been two weeks, and it's like, well, that I was know. like a lifetime ago. No, no, no. That's what it feels like that, yeah. 
Well, we do have, unfortunate, some injury news we got to get into, especially getting into our playoff matchups after this week. Some long-term things we're going to talk about, not just pertaining to week 14. So let's go ahead and dive into it. Oh, 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 oh. First up's the headline here. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, ankle issue. Take it away, my friend. Yeah, so I actually saw the play uh, when this happened live on TV. Just happened to tune in and um, looked looked really bad at first. And um, turns out that it's not as bad as it m- could have been. But they but but reports are saying that the Jaguars did say themselves that it's a high ankle sprain. But um, the good news here is that he was actually seen at practice yesterday. Didn't participate, but was seen without a boot and without crutches. So that's great news. Uh, I'm not so sure it's great news because I'm not, I'm not sure if he's playing this weekend. Um, it, I don't know what he did today, but I'd be hesitant to see him suit up on Sunday um, without getting at least a limited session or a full session in before then because he's going to have to test it out. Um, high ankle sprains, as we've talked about numerous times on this show, typically take longer to recover, even a mild ankle sprain at best. Um, can still take a little bit longer than a mild low ankle sprain. So not something to mess around with either. Um, We'll have to see what he does heading into the weekend here uh, tomorrow for sure. But I'm a little bit hesitant to say with any certainty that he's going to be playing um, if it is a true high ankle sprain, which it certainly could be, you know, watching him go down. It certainly kind of had all the ingredients for one. It certainly looked like it was when he was walking the mile-long March of Tears <laughs> yeah. walk to the locker room for some ridiculous reason, whatever. Well, the well supposedly was. everybody was saying that the Jacksonville couldn't afford a, a cart, but uh, apparently he uh, he asked that they not bring it out. He wanted to try and walk back. Um, and they did get an MRI, and the MRI didn't show any major uh, structural damage to his ankle, so that's good news too. So it sounds like it's pretty mild, whatever it is. Um might not be mild enough that he can play this weekend, but at least nothing long-term here. So well, my guess is if we don't see him this weekend, we'll probably definitely see him the following week. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence, man, he's just a, he's a fast healer. He's a tough dude. We've seen yeah, him play. He hasn't, I don't think he's injury. missed a start since he play, started playing. No, and he's had a couple injuries where we kept thinking yeah. he was going to miss, and he finds a way to get out there. I think he's going to play. He was he, limited he very well night, yeah. Today. He's just, it just seems to be the type of guy that he is. Like he's just going to find a way to get out there on the field. It just seems to be who he is. Um, So we'll keep an eye on that. Here's what I would say from a fantasy standpoint, though. You got a bad weather game, supposedly a bad weather game in Cleveland against a defense that's getting healthier and is already a top notch defense as it is. Trevor Lawrence hasn't been that great from a fantasy standpoint this season. Anyway, if you've had Trevor Lawrence and you picked up a pivot option, I would plan on pivot uh, pivoting to that option regardless of whether Trevor Lawrence is actually available. Where you get happy for or hopeful for, I guess I should say, would be Calvin Ridley, Zay Jones, maybe Travis Etienne. Maybe the offense is able to sustain a few more drives than it would have been able to with C.J. Bethard. But I wouldn't stay away from Trevor Lawrence in and of himself. But it's just it's just a crazy story with the way this guy is able to come back. I, I couldn't believe he was listed as a limited participant in practice today. Yeah. I, I don't know if he plays, but yeah. absolutely insane. Uh, what about Derek Carr? What's going on with him? So he was evaluated. Uh, in He's actually in concussion protocol. And apparently may have had some rib uh, injuries as well. Doesn't sound like the rib injuries were very serious. 
Um, but he is technically in concussion protocol. However, as of yesterday, and I don't know what he did today, maybe he got another limited session in, but yesterday he got a limited session in, which is good. It's a step in the right direction this quick after a concussion. So um, Jameis Winston, though, was taking reps in his place the other day, so we'll have to see if he's able to get back with the first team and get a practice in and get cleared before the weekend. Yeah, I, as a Chris Olave owner, my, my fingers and toes are all crossed for Jameis Winston. Let it fly, baby. Let 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 it rip. We'll have to see. Derek Carr, another one of those guys who just seems he seems to find a way to get back on the field somehow too. But the concussion would definitely be a different story depending upon what's going on with his participation level. And uh, let's, let's go to your team. Uh, what's going on with the Giants? Tyrod return potentially? Maybe not. Uh, I think you will. Along with the fact that he's entered the 21-day practice window, the Giants went and waived Matt Barkley and released Jacob Eason. So uh, that means Tommy Cutlitz is the only one left on the team (laughs) at the quarterback position. So they're pretty much guaranteeing that they're going to activate Tyrod Taylor. The question is whether they do it for this weekend or next week. Um, My guess is probably next week, but they've already made those roster moves. So it sounds like he's probably going to be ready. Yeah, and but they've also already announced that Tommy DeVito is going to be back on on Monday Night Football as well. Yeah. So Tyrod's back; it's probably back in a backup position. And, and, and look, it's a tough break for Tyrod. I mean, I feel like the last couple of times he's had an opportunity to start, he winds up getting injured in his own right, and then you find himself in a team that. Well, they're not going anywhere. And as much as I hate watching Tommy DeVito play the position, I don't care if the Giants managed to win the last couple of games. It's irrelevant to what we've seen on the field there. Uh, Well, it sucks for him, too. It's the second time in, like, the last few years of his career here where a rib injury has sidelined him. If you remember when he was in San Diego, they jabbed a a needle into his lung. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) Uh, After he got a rib injury, they made it 10 times worse by collapsing his lung. And then he ended up losing the starting job um, in San Diego from from that injury. So, uh, you know, he had a chance here again to at least solidify himself as a a, a potential starter somewhere else in the league, maybe next year. um, And maybe at least give the Giants some reason for hope uh, to win a few more games. But uh, alas... It doesn't look like it's going to happen. Well, yeah, that's what I was going to get to because because the Giants have, have no chance of making the playoffs or going anywhere. You might as well just play the veto kid. You might as well get the highest draft pick you can. You might as well play yeah. the younger version of it. It just yeah. sucks for Tyrod because you're looking around the league, and we've been talking about this on the, on the show quite a bit, the amount of backup quarterbacks we've had to watch this year and how many of them are terrible. And Tyrod <laughs> Taylor's not a terrible backup quarterback, and I just kind of wonder, what if he was on the Jets? Instead of Zach Wilson, what was he? He he got an opportunity in some of these other places where they're having to go to their backup, backup guys. I I think he'd be actually playing well. So it's just, it kind of sucks. He wants him to one situation where it doesn't make any sense for them to even bother playing him. It does. Uh, He had a great uh, year or two in Buffalo. He was playing really well in San Diego when he had that rib injury and got hurt and then they collapsed his lung. So, I mean, he's, he's shown a lot of promise when he's had chances. Uh, Unfortunately, the chances always get kind of cut short. Yeah. Uh, let's go to our running backs. It's bad. It's so bad. There's blood everywhere. Yeah. So Ramondre Stevenson is the first one on our list. Yep. Another high ankle sprain here, and reportedly he's going to miss a few weeks, which makes sense when you're talking about a high ankle sprain. And I was able to see uh, his injury um, as it occurred on the field during the uh, the tackle that he got hit with. And uh, it was a classic kind of mechanism definitely more significant than what um, 
Trevor Lawrence is dealing with. So he's going to be out several weeks. Now, usually with these, you're probably looking at close to four to six, you know, so I wouldn't be surprised if it, can, it goes at least four. So you have to keep an eye and see what he's able to do in the weeks ahead, but uh, definitely not a short-term thing. Oops. There we go. <laughs> Maybe. That's what I am. That, that's what I the, the Ramondre thing is just killing. It was wrong, wrong time to have a hot ankle sprain. I was hoping you were going to come on here and tell me that maybe there's a chance for week 16. That's, that's, that's what I was hoping for. Like maybe there's a shot. He comes back for that, that, that second round of the playoffs, maybe back in time for the championship comes back. That first game. Don't trust them. You win, you get to the championship. Maybe you could trust them that next game because the Patriots schedule just set up so beautifully and to not have Ramondre Stevenson for that playoff stretch. What a killer. Uh, the way I'm looking at this for guys out there is if you have an IR spot, stash him. There's a chance maybe he is back week 16, week 17, just, just on the hope that he is. If not, uh, you may be pressed for a roster spot. If you listen to Brian here, I don't know how likely it is that he definitely suits up. And being it's a high ankle sprain, if he does come back too early, then he's going to have a high risk of re-injury. And the other problem with this is, while I think Ramondre Stevenson wants to be out there as much as he possibly can be, I don't know what the reason for him with the Patriots and the situation they are in to rush their younger running back who's going to be around the team next year back either. So there's a lot of different angles looking at this. None of them great unless Stevenson were to magically heal quickly and get back out there. That would be the only thing I think you're hoping for at this point for Ramondre. Uh, Jonathan Taylor is somebody that we didn't get to talk to before I went on vacation. So I want to talk to you about him now. Another guy not talking about him for this week, but we're getting ready for the playoff run here. Are we going to have Jonathan Taylor at any point? Well, so they're, they're, they, they're saying that his timetable to return is between three to five weeks from the surgery, which was already now last week. So that's, that's very optimistic. And it's his thumb and he's a running back. So I'm even more optimistic that he can make it back three-week window um he had surgery they used an internal brace device which is you guys may remember hearing about that from some other procedures that were done on athletes with tommy john surgeries and um, other ligament reconstructive surgeries like in the ankle for instance so this does kind of help speed along the recovery a little bit it actually makes the repair of the ligament in the thumb much more stable which allows him to start doing things more uh quickly and as a running back you know, you can still get out there and play with this with protective bracing, possibly. Um, the only side to that is that it could potentially serve as a bullseye for him where guys are going to come in and try to knock that ball loose and it's going to compromise his ability to kind of secure it like you would normally. So that's the only real downside to this as far as playing with it with splinted and stuff. But realistically, he could be out there as early as three weeks. Well, there you go. Jonathan Taylor might be back in time for you to make a playoff run. Maybe next I mean, this week is the same kind of surgery that Drew Brees had a few years ago and was back in five, and he's a quarterback, and it was his throwing hand. So right. keep that in mind. We're talking about a running back here who's really only just carrying the ball and having the block from time to time. Um, so even you know getting him back there in a limited usage role is very, very realistic. No, that's excellent news. And, and look... Uh, the Colts are in a playoff spot. 
So there's motivation for him to come back as well to try to win some of these games right now, amazingly enough. So, yeah, you got everything working for you well for Jonathan Taylor. I think you'll have him back for a playoff run at least by week 16 would be my estimation. I think Brian's saying the same thing at least by then as well. Uh, Brees Hall, he's dealing with an ankle issue, and he didn't practice the last two days. So I'm getting a little scared on top of the fact that he's playing for the Jets, and you're already scared every Sunday to begin with. Yeah, I mean, he popped up on the injury report this week, but he didn't miss any action in the game last weekend. So I'm not really sure when this injury occurred. It It's probably pretty minor. I just think, you know, since he came back from this ACL, he's had kind of an up and down season. He's shown some glimpses of himself from the past before the ACL, but he's been dealing with a bunch of little ailments throughout the year. And I think they're just kind of being more precautionary here than anything else. I think he'll probably be available despite his non-practice status the last couple of days, but it may be a true game-time decision this weekend. Okay, so that's good to know. If Brees Hall's out there, I do have him as a, a low-end RB2. It's been absolutely brutal. With Zach Wilson coming back, it just made me laugh that it gave me hope for Garrett Wilson. Last time Brees Hall scored any touchdowns, Garrett uh, Zach Wilson was at the starting quarterback position. I, I know it's not saying much. I know it doesn't give you a ton of confidence, but at least these guys are able to do something when Zach Wilson was under center. Not saying a lot, but at least with Brees Hall, you need him to at least be an RB2. You know he has the big play capability to at least do something for you. So I'm going to go ahead and probably have my lineup regardless. What about What's going on with the Seattle backfield? Uh, so Kenneth Walker, um, I'm kind of surprised by this one. He's missed two games already with an oblique injury and hasn't yet practiced this week as far as I know. He did practice Although, today. He did. Okay, well, that's he, good. Him so, and Sarver, they both practiced today. Okay, well, that's good. So my guess is that he should be available then. Usually with these oblique injuries as a football player, it doesn't set, shut them down too long. Um, the only issue with Charbonnet is uh, the, the injury report coming out is from head coach Pete Carroll, which is never good uh, <laughs> because he has no idea what he's talking about. And every time he puts out an injury update, it's usually dead wrong. So he said that uh, Zach had a bruise to his knee um, and – so, I mean, maybe it truly was. If he was back out there today, that's a good sign, and that shouldn't be anything serious. Yeah, him being back out there, I think, is what you take out of that. Good old Pete Carroll. <laughs> Never going to listen to a word that guy says. Yeah. Um, if both are back, I am playing Kenneth Walker over Zach Charbonnet. I would assume he would take the lead role if both are back in the building. Against San Francisco, though, not super excited about either one of them. Kenneth Walker would still crack my top 24 because of his big play capability. But Zach Charbonnet would figure to probably work in and continue maintaining the passing down role in which we saw him have before both these guys wound up getting injured. So as a result, you're not expecting a big ceiling play out of really either one of them for this week. Uh, what's going on with Isaiah Pacheco? So it sounds like he was dealing with some type of shoulder, also bruise is what they were saying, but he might have actually been dealing with this before this past game this weekend uh, or last weekend. So it doesn't sound like it's anything serious. I think that might have just given him a little bit of time to recoup. Um, he didn't practice on Wednesday. Um, but didn't um, either. Yeah, I, I'm not too concerned about it. It sounds like he, this is kind of just an aggravated thing that he's been dealing with before the weekend game last weekend. So uh, it doesn't sound serious. Probably just an AC joint sprain or something like that. 
The way he runs, I'm surprised he doesn't have more shoulder injuries, quite frankly. Uh, yeah. the, one, the one caveat I have for Pacheco is that regardless of his availability or, or whether he's feeling 100% or not, I only have him at RB18, which is a stark contrast from ECR. ECR's got him plugged up all the way in like the top five running backs right now. And, and here's my problem with that. Jarek McKinnon, who we do have on this. Oh, I did not put on this. No, I do have on this list next. You have him, yeah. um, but he's he, he's he was back at practice. Go ahead and give me the little down Jerry McKinnon real quick before I go to my analysis. Well, so so it's weird because so he missed week 12 with some groin issue, then was listed as questionable heading into week 13, but missed uh, was limited in practice uh, yes, uh, Wednesday, yesterday. Then but but then last week before that week 13 game, he ended up uh, missing and that was after he was limited in practice Thursday and Friday. So I'm not sure what you take out of today's participation, if anything. Um, it, uh, again, this could be like a game time thing. Maybe that's what well, they I did think, last week. I'm pretty sure I saw the alert that he was a full participant in practice today. So, I mean, with these soft tissue things, and that's that's going to be crucial. If he was able to get through it today and we see him back that up with another one tomorrow, then he should be available and good to play. So that's the thing. I mean, Jerry McKinnon's good and available to play. The problem Pacheco was having before, why he was so wildly inconsistent as far as what what kind of ceiling does he give you? Because a lot of people want to pump him up to be a top 12 running back. I was not one of those guys. He was an RB2 more times than not. And the big reason is not his ability. It's not the offense. It's the fact that when Jerry McKinnon's out there on the field, despite the fact that he's not been producing at all this year, they have not utilized him the same way they did last season, he is still playing in those opportunities that Pacheco needs to take his game from being a low in RB2 to potentially being a, a low in RB1 or even higher than that. And I'm talking about the red zone in particular. When Jerry McKinnon's in there, for whatever reason, they get inside the seven-yard line. It's Jerry McKinnon time so they can throw the football. I, they've been very successful when they've pivoted over to Pacheco with McKinnon out and actually ran the ball. It's actually worked. It doesn't seem to be what the Chiefs want to do on a consistent week-in, week-out basis when they have the ability to tur- turn to Jerry McKinnon. Also, Pacheco's been more involved in the passing game since McKinnon's been out, too. So these are a couple of things. These are a couple of opportunities that while McKinnon's not producing on the field with them, he's, he's taking away those snaps, those opportunities from Pacheco when he's been out there. So Pacheco, to me, RB2 this week, regardless of how he's feeling with the shoulder, if, if he's, in fact, even available. It's just it's just annoying the way they kind of utilize those two, given how much better they seem to be when Pacheco's on the field more often. I feel more uh, confident with Pacheco coming in with a shoulder injury than I do with McKinnon coming off a groin injury that he sure. missed, you know, two That's weeks. Fair. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That that is that is fair. Uh, what's going on, Aaron Jones? We finally got some life out of him, or what? So I, I, want, I just want to preface this by thanks, Dan, for updating me on today because I did a lot of these uh, updates uh, this morning because I had a light morning, but then my afternoon was swamped. And so normally when I do this updates, I do my research in the evening before the show here, and I usually have all the updates about today's practices. So I'm a little behind. But Dan's filling me in admirably. Thank you for that. Brian, um, I just want to thank you for doing real work while the rest of us <laughs> talk about pro football and you actually have the kindness in your heart to come on and help us out every once in a while. Yeah, so no, thank no, you. I love to do. Yeah, I love it. Um, so anyway, so why I say that is because Aaron Jones, you know, he's been dealing with this MCL sprain now for a couple of weeks. Um, and these can take a while to heal. I mean, sometimes you're looking at at least four weeks for these, even with a mild sprain, for these to really become uh, healed enough that people feel comfortable to test it out and actually get back to full participation. So until I see him get back on the practice field in a full capacity, I'm hesitant to say with any confidence that he's going to be available anytime soon. Um, 
So, I mean, I don't know if he had a limited session today or a full session today, but as he of yesterday, he hadn't practiced. Today. He did have a limited session today. Yeah, so, I, like I said, until I see him in a full practice session, I'm hesitant to say he's going to be available. Yeah, it's just at least it was a step in the right direction because Correct. until today, we have heard very, very little about yeah. what's going on with Aaron Jones and just what a catastrophe he's been, man. Just get that spark week one. You barely get him after that. He finally comes back and he's not even, he's hardly even usable fantasy wise. He gets injured right away. It's just been a really rough year for Aaron Jones. And we have to watch AJ Dillon like plot along at two miles an hour. It's, it's, it gets a little rough to watch that green Bay backfield. <laughs> Hopefully things get a little bit better. We at least got back on the practice field and we'll see what he's able to do. All right, let's get into our wide receivers. <laughs> That's probably what Amari Cooper's thinking right now. What's his status? Uh, Amari Cooper. So uh, where are we? He he didn't practice on Wednesday. He was in concussion protocol. And apparently he also kind of banged up his ribs a little bit. Um, again, this is one of those things. Concussions are very subjective. So, you know, there's a, a process to getting back on the field and advancing through the protocol. And that's going to entail a limited session, followed by a full session, followed by clearance out of the concussion protocol. So until all those things occur, it's up in the air. I would say there's probably a better chance than not. He doesn't get to go. Um, and if he's going to be out, Elijah Moore is going to crack my top 36. He's going to be a wide receiver three. He's at least going to be a flex play for your lineups. He had 12 targets last week with Joe Flacco and Amari Cooper had to get knocked out of that game. Yes, yeah, so we're expecting a bad weather game, but somebody's going to have to get thrown the football. Flacco's used to throwing it in bad weather, playing in Baltimore all of his career. The Jets a little bit after that. And I, I'm not too, too concerned about it when it comes to feeding Elijah Moore and giving him opportunities if Amari Cooper is, in fact, going to miss this week. So, and that's kind of what my expectation would be. Uh, this next guy, this is not a question, obviously, for this week, but for next year. What's going on with Tank <laughs> Dell? What can we expect? Yeah, um, I mean, I, I so normally with these fibular fractures, it's one of two things that have occurred. One, the fracture is in a very precarious position um, that it needs to be fixed, and this caused the ankle to be unstable, potentially unstable. The other scenario that's more uh, that's likely as well is that it was fractured, and obviously unstable, and there was no choice but to fix it. So um, my, I'm leaning towards that second possibility where they probably he probably had a fracture. It was probably obviously unstable. They had no choice but to fix it right away. And um, long-term, as long as his ankle joint itself wasn't damaged, and, and not always does that happen, um, then he should be good, good as new uh, come the start of next season. We want to see that, man, because he was just a special guy. Yeah. I have him in so many dynasty leagues. He was a big sleeper of mine this past year. I loved his talent coming out. And I'm not usually big on these smaller guys because you worry about them getting banged up. But he, he he's not – you can't cover him. You flat out cannot cover him. And what we're seeing between him and CJ Stroud and both the rookie years they've both been having together, uh, it's a shame to see, see it get cut short. But it is good news to know that maybe when we get to this point next year, Tank Dale's good, not even just this point, but beginning of next season, Tank Dale will be good, ready to rock and roll. So that, that at least should be the good news. Uh, this week, we do have some concerns about Puka Nakua. What do you got going on there? Uh, we've talked, we've spoken about him a few times over the, during the season about these injuries that keep popping up with him. And, and, and I've always said like, this dude cannot afford to take any time off in the midst of a rookie breaking record season, um, where he's trying to establish himself in this league. 
because as we know, you know, there, there are such things as one hit wonders in the NFL, which stands for not for long if you can't produce year after year. So I don't see this as being a major issue. Um, he's dealt with several other issues like this, minor things before. So I think we see him this weekend regardless. Yeah, that's what it seems to be tending to lean towards, too. Sean McVay seems very optimistic about the idea of Pukunukua being able to suit up out there. And he's the new Cooper Cup, guys. He's the wide receiver one. Cooper Cup, whether he's old or not 100%, however you want to break it down, the fact is he's not opening it up right now. And he's only getting enough targets to maybe be considered a wide receiver three in name only at this point. I'm about to start sliding him into a category where I don't know if I'm playing him. And that's all due to Pukunukua just being dominant right now as number one weapon on the Rams, uh, even a tough match against the Baltimore Ravens, I am definitely still playing Pukunukua in my lineup. We do have some good news. The return of the king, Justin Jefferson, looks imminent. What are your expectations for him? Um, he practiced full yesterday, and uh, as long as he felt good, we should see him this weekend. I don't see this. Um, he's taken a significant amount of time off, which unfortunately is what you need to do to properly treat a hamstring and which most guys do not do. And it's not always their fault. Um, you can sometimes blame the organizations for rushing them back too quickly. Maybe the need to have them back on the field quickly is, is the thing that kind of supersedes their actual injury. But in Justin Jefferson's case, he's been very good about um, telling everybody uh, reporters included that he's not coming back until he's 100% ready to go, and it sounds like the Vikings have been on board with that since day one, which is what you want to hear when you're talking about a hamstring injury in a young player who's got a good, great career ahead of him. Yeah, so he should be 100% healthy. That That's the good news there. Now, he hasn't played with Josh Dobbs yet. It is going to be his first game back after six weeks. We don't know exactly where his cardio is at either. Uh, so these are some things that maybe he doesn't come out the gate as the wide receiver, Justin Jefferson, one that you come to expect. But is he still going to be my top 12? Yeah. In fact, I actually moved him up to number eight before the Thursday night game kicked off today. So you were, were still confidently playing Justin Jefferson. So maybe have a little bit of expectations. Maybe it's a little slow getting out the gate that first week. Uh Josh Palmer uh, looks like maybe possibly we're going to hear his name come back on the field again soon. Dan, you might have snuck this one on the list later on in the day because I don't remember looking this up, but I know he was dealing with a knee injury. He was on IR for, you know, four games. I think sometime in November um, has now officially entered the 21 day practice window. I, I don't know if I've ever been able to figure out or find out what exactly his knee injury was, which is never a good sign. Um, it wasn't surgical, so I guess that is good. Maybe it was like a chronic thing that just kind of crept up on him, and the only way to get it to go away was to treat him with rest, and IR was a, a viable option. I'm not sure, but um, he's entered the 21-day window, so we'll have to see what he does and how quickly he can get off uh, back onto the active roster. i tell you what. If you have Justin Herbert, you're hoping Josh Palmer can get out there for a playoff stretch because they they, they need another weapon. Herbert needs another weapon to get back to what you, you need him to be, which at the very least is a hold me down the fort low in QB1, which for the most part this year, he's actually been. Uh, I think there's been, I talked about this on yesterday's show. Make sure you go back and listen on your favorite podcast app or on our YouTube channel, the MD's Fantasy Football Show. But I talked about how 
there's been a little too much flack sent towards Justin Herbert. Disappointing. Other than, yes, last week was a disappointing performance, and he had one about a month ago. But in between that, he's been consistently a QB1. But you definitely want to see that other weapon get out there uh, so that maybe he has a little bit more of a ceiling ratio. What's going on with Christian Watson, who just every time he gets going, he just gets hurt? <laughs> Well, it's funny uh, that you brought up Christian Watson because I thought you might ask about another Christian, Christian Kirk, who looked like he got snipered from the upper deck uh, in their game uh, this past weekend um, and apparently is uh, out with surgery on a core muscle injury, which uh, sounds like it might be a sports hernia, which is really weird to see that happen on a field of play like that. So I'm not sure what's going on with him. But with Christian Watson, you know, he missed the first three weeks of the season with a hamstring injury, and this is the same hamstring. And this is the problem with hamstrings. And this is the thing I talk about all the time that you'd never want to see with them is that later on in the year or several weeks after you've, they've come back and they've played, it looks like everything is all good, hunky-dory, and then boom, they get hit with another one in the same leg. And that is just catastrophic in most cases. This is going to be a tough one to bounce back from. I don't know if he's going to have enough time to make it back. I mean, we, the best case scenario is that he just kind of tweaks something or it cramped up on him and it's not an actual strain. But if it is, good luck, man. That's going to be really tough. Yeah, we're not getting a lot of information out of the Packers themselves either as far as what the severity or what it exactly was either, whether it was strain or a tweak or whatever the case may be. I just do not do not have the feeling at all whatsoever that he's going to be here this week. And we're going to have to play this week to week right now. It's just a shame because he finally he was finally usable. Like, this is a guy I talked yeah. about uh, three, four weeks ago. Like, I, like, if you need to drop somebody, you could drop Christian Watson. Then all of a sudden, he finally came back to life. And then, you know, he has a two-touchdown performance and goes back mm-hmm. out with a hand. I mean, you're going to have to really pay close attention to what he does uh, in the weeks as we get closer to the playoffs here and what his participation level is. That's going to be all the telling tale. Yeah. Uh, tight ends. We've got Taysom Hill. So, of course, <laughs> I said this yesterday, too. Of course, the week I finally cave and I ranked <laughs> Taysom Hill in my top six of tight ends. It's like, you know what? The hell wow. with it. He's like he's the leading rusher. He's, he's, <laughs> he's, he's getting all the red zone looks like it's whether he's throwing the ball, catching the ball, rushing the ball. His usage isn't going away. Taysom Hill's here to stay. So I finally rank him inside my top six of tight ends. And, and now the guy's banked up. So, so what do you got? And this this is the issue with Taysom Hill in fantasy. I mean, he, he's like you, you, he's like that ex girlfriend that you know you thought you fell in love with, and you just can't say no when she comes crawling back. Like you just keep picking. Uh, he, he's that's what he is to fantasy owners all, all over the world. But uh, they said he's got a hand and a foot injury. <laughs> um, he wasn't at practice on Wednesday. They said he's going to be reevaluated prior to this weekend's game. I don't know. This dude seems to end up always back on the field too. So I don't know if this is anything serious. He seems to always be available and always be putting up some points. Um, not quite as many as people always hope he would or expect him to, but he's just always somehow fantasy relevant. And I, yeah, I, said, I had a cave. He, <laughs> he, bra- he breaks the algorithm. I don't know what to do with him half the time. I'm just like, oh, I just, I'm just going to pencil you in. Cause I can't put it in the algorithm because he doesn't, it doesn't fit. Just pencil him in like, all right, you're somehow going to get 10 opportunities. And if you're in leagues that have him as a tight end, and I feel bad for you. If you're in a league right now where Taysom Hill's a quarterback, you're, you're really kind of missing out on being able to utilize a guy who, who is fun to watch when he's out there on the football field. He, he really is. Uh, there are a few platforms like that. Most platforms, I think, have had him eligible at the tight end position, which has actually made him a usable fantasy asset. Uh, what about Dalton Schultz? So we're going to get him back. 
Uh, so he was a limited participant in practice yesterday. Hopefully he was at least limited today, if not full. But again, with hamstrings, like we already talked about, you know, you got to get a full session in there. And the reason, you know, there's just no way to simulate game-like conditions unless you're in an actual game. No matter how much you try in practice, um, you just can't do it. And with a hamstring injury, um, with a psychological component to it as well, um, and same thing with like ACL injuries and stuff, until these guys actually get back on the field in a live game situation, it's really hard to predict. So that's why I always wait to see if they can get at least a full session of practice in, because that's as close as they're going to get to a game-like simulation until they're actually in the game. So that's the only way you can know if they're ready. Well, the good news is I think he did have a full participation. All right, well, there you today. go. So that, that's there the good go. news for Dalton Schultz. Uh, Tyler Higby, uh, what's going on with him? So didn't practice yesterday. Not sure what his status was today, but he's dealing with a neck injury that he sustained late in the third quarter against the Browns. And with neck injuries, man, you got to be really careful. These are not things to mess around with. Um, I'm sure he's had a million dollar workup to make sure it's nothing serious. Hopefully if it's just like some muscle cramping or aching or something like that, then he should be okay. Um, but it sounds like it was a result of a hit. And so it could be something more sinister. We'll have to kind of see what he's able to do and whether or not he gets cleared to play. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know how much you were really trying to plug Tyler Higby into your lives. He had a couple good games, uh, a couple of weeks ago, but it's been very, very hit or miss with him. He didn't practice today uh, either. So it's looked, it's shining towards maybe Higby not actually yeah. being able to go uh, this week. I will say this. It does affect the running game to, to some degree, not a huge degree, but to some degree, because he's a very good blocker and you kind of want to have him in a game like this against Baltimore too. So if you have Kyron, like you kind of want to see Tyler Higby out there a little bit. Um, are we going to get Dallas Goddard back? Uh, it sounds like he 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 might be. Uh, he did participate on Wednesday, but it was kind of just a light walkthrough. Um, but you know he's been out since week nine, uh, so he's kind of at that window now where as long as the X-rays look good and he's got signs of healing and he's not having any pain and the surgery looks like it was a success, he potentially could play with that thing padded up. I mean, um, you know he's a tight end, so he's going to be asked to do a lot with it. But uh, generally speaking, the surgical repair for a fractured forearm is super strong and it's not like a leg injury where you're running on your hands. So the requirements are not quite as great and the forces and stresses on it is not quite as great. So if you, if you can get radiologic healing by like the fourth week, there's a good chance that a lot of the doctors will clear them. Well, he practiced in full today. Um, does seem to be the expectation that he's going to, he's going to play this week. Do you not have any hesitation as far as what his ability is going to be? You know, he's a tight end. My, so he's got my hesitation, my only hesitation is that, well, so it's not a lower body injury. So his conditioning shouldn't be an issue. The only, the only issue really to me is at a full practice, I'm not so sure you're going to get the same kind of contact you're going to get on game day. And that's really the only issue. So even though he was a full participant today, there's a chance that he may not have doing, been doing much contact. Um, or blocking or stuff like that that really simulates game-like conditions. And so in that case, they may still be hesitant to kind of fully clear him and allow him to participate this week and maybe eyeing toward next weekend. So that's the only caveat to that. Okay, okay. Uh, it's a big game against Dallas, so I got a feeling if he's going to be good to go, he's going to actually go out there and play. And he said he hates Dallas. He said he hates Dallas <laughs> with a passion, and if he could play, he's going to. So 
And that was he, that's he him, that's him quoted. Uh, Dallas and Dallas. I think this he said had a nice ring to it. So yeah, he he he's he's itching up for that game. I think he yeah. actually tried to make a push to play in last week's game, but there was just it was just too early. But yeah, uh, it, it sounds like he's really making sure he's gonna be out there for this one. Mm-hmm. And last but not least on our list, Darren Waller. <laughs> Yeah. So another hamstring and, and, you know, this one has taken a while, which is, which is good uh, because that's really the best way to treat these. He's been out since like late October um, and they had a recent bye week, which this is the advantage of having a bye week late in the season is that it gives guys a chance to get that extra week of rest toward the end here. Now, if if the Giants were actually in a playoff situation, this would be awesome. This would be huge, Uh, but they're not. So now it's like, okay, well, does this really matter? I guess for fantasy world, it does. And um, he, he, you know, I would expect him to get at least a couple of full practices under his belt. So I'm not so sure we're going to see him yet this week, but there's a chance maybe next week if he can get through practices next uh, next week with no issue. Yeah, I, it, look, if you've been holding on to Darren Waller, hats off to you, first and foremost. I, I don't know what you're going to expect to get out of him when he comes back on the field. It took him about four weeks to even really get in, going into the offense as it is. I, I will say that the Giants are desperate for somebody to be a good pass catcher, so maybe if you got him out there, tight end position has been great. If you held on to this point and you've been streaming tight end to no avail, uh, maybe you're hoping in that case to have Darren Waller. I just feel like if you've been without him for this long, you must have come out with so some sort of game plan by now to at least hold down the fort. I don't know if Darren Waller's going to be much better than a, a, a top-end tight end, too, frankly, with the way this offense has been running. But people do care, and that's why we talk to you, Brian. Thanks for coming on the show, buddy. Uh, what are you working on now? What can you check you out at? So uh, at tw- on Twitter, at InjuredListPod, as always, uh, the, the website, the InjuredList.com. Um, uh, Andrew LaDuke and I from Fantasy Sports Corps every week. We still have our Inside the Medical Tent blog, which you can subscribe for a small nominal fee, cancel any time, where you'll get some additional inside information on some of the injuries we discussed today and a few more that we maybe never didn't touch on. Um, and so that's a great way to kind of get some injury news, but also some uh, advice on how to manage your rosters uh, and injuries on them. And then, um, you know, Fantasy Sports Corps will be doing my shows there as well. You can check out our YouTube page. And then the, the podcast, man, we've got some awesome, awesome interviews coming up. I've been a little behind with getting my episodes out, unfortunately. It's very busy this time of year at the office. So I've been a little bit behind, but I've got a bunch recorded and edited and ready to go. I just got to line them up and get them out there, including including some former NFL players, one who was a former NFL Pro Bowl kicker. That should be coming out after the new year. And then I've got a few other guys lined up as well. So uh, looking good. we got a bunch of episodes to go and uh, getting it done. Excellent. Yeah, again, Brian Scott, give him a follow on social media. Make sure you check out the Angelus podcast. That's going to do it for our show today, guys. Make sure you check us out. I'll be back on Sunday night with the Heroes and Zeros and the Observational Notes recap of Week 14. And we're going to be gearing up for playoff time because next week we come back with Operation Domination. It's Week 15. The championship run begins. So make sure you guys are following us on social media at Belly Up MDFF Show on X, MDFF Show everywhere else. Download us on your favorite podcast app and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Everyone, good luck this weekend. We'll be talking to you soon. <laughs> <laughs> 